Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hoosier Roundtable podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Olinger, and today I'm joined by my good friend, Patrick Mayhorn. Patrick, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. I'm excited to talk about Akron. Anytime I get the chance to talk about Akron, you know who to, you know who to come to. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy to be on. What do you think? What do you think if like you told your younger self that like when people need to know more about Akron, they come to you? That that's like <laughs> uh, <laughs> it would have been a difficult thing to explain. I think I uh, I grew up an Ohio State fan. I have since shed that part of my brain and moved across the country. But um, yeah, I think even even just not you know 10, 10 years ago or so, if I go back and and say that, it would be surprising. It would be a pretty surprising thing. But here we are. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, Patrick uh, covers all of college football in a lot of ways. Uh, he's creator of Meetup Midfield, an excellent website I highly recommend. And I'm personally a reader and follower of all their content there, just covering all of college football. He's also the creator of the Ag Ship, uh, a Utah State outlet where he covers that team, just football, men's basketball, women's basketball, everything there. And yeah, just, and I, I guess, again, like going back to what you, you all should know about Patrick. Uh, I would say probably watches and cares more about G5 football than anyone I have ever met. Uh, <laughs> do you think that's fair, Patrick? I try. I don't know. There are, uh, you know, there are a lot of people within these actual schools, within these fan bases who care quite a bit, but I try to eat the whole, you know, the, the, the whole thing as much as I can. I try to get everybody on my, uh, you know, I try to get eyes on as many teams as I can. There are some that go a little bit beyond me because they're not really, there's not a ton going on for some of these schools, but yeah, I try to watch as much G5 football as I can. I have made it sort of my, uh, my thing over the last three or four years. Well, that makes you perfect for today where we have Indiana playing Akron here in week four, both teams coming in at one and two Indiana coming off a, uh, a very up and down loss to Louisville where they, uh, you know, go down 21, nothing, come back all the way, then, have a not a particularly inspiring fourth and goal play call to kind of not complete the comeback there at the end. Uh, Akron coming off the game against Kentucky, which I mean, from what I saw in that Kentucky game, you can probably tell me more about this, but like hung like we're not completely out of the game against Kentucky till the end. Like at yeah. least hung around for longer than Kentucky would have liked. Yeah, and that has been sort of the thing for Joe Moorhead at Akron in general is that no, they're not bad. Like they're not outright bad. They're not getting blown off the field. They have things that they're doing that are positive, um, but then they lose. <laughs> and so it's like, it's, it's That's not great. It's, yeah. It's, it's not necessarily fun to play against them just as even as a team like Kentucky that I think is going to be pretty good this year. Um, and, and it's the same thing in the Mac. It's just that they don't really, they haven't found that next step to turn close losses into wins or to turn, you know, eventually like in the Kentucky game, pretty, you know, significant losses into close losses. They just, the, the, the fourth quarter comes around and they don't play anymore. They're not 60 minutes has been an issue for Akron for a long time. Now it's not just a Joe Moorhead thing. It's a, it's a roster personnel thing. They just don't have the guys to do it yet. Well, we should probably go through some of those guys. Cause I, I, and 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 this makes total like in total offense of Indiana football fans. This would make sense. I doubt most of them can name a lot of the players on the Akron roster. Yeah. Uh, we could probably start with the quarterback. I know. So I I reached out to you before the season started to learn more about them. You told me about DJ Irons, who is a like was pretty good Matt quarterback. Although I also want to mention just their backup quarterback's name, which is. Jeff Undercuffler? What's going yeah. on there? <laughs> What's going on? What's going yeah, on? They, 
they've got uh, they got Jeff Undercuffler in the mix, of course. We all love Jeff Undercuffler. Um, yeah, this is mostly still the DJ Irons show. He's had some injury issues that you know in the past have taken him off the field, and I think already concern just in general with a guy like him who he runs the ball a lot. It's something that's part of this offense scrambling, but also designed runs. It's a Joe Moorhead offense. Um, and so he does, he does move around. He's a very good athlete. He's not had quite the season as a passer that I was hoping he would have. Um, I don't think it's entirely his fault. He's just, there's not, a, there's not a ton at wide receiver. And I think honestly, more importantly, they, they, they have a guy, they have a couple guys out there, but they've just not really been able to keep him upright. Um, and this, the offensive line has been the question mark here and it really continues to be the question mark but at, at quarterback, at least irons is he's a pretty good player he's a good athlete he he makes plays with his feet he can make some plays down the field they try to keep the throws pretty simple for him and he generally executes the offense pretty well it's just he doesn't do a ton beyond that and he's not really taking that next step that i was hoping to see from him and like you mentioned like his dual throughout capability there just to be able to create a pretty good runner like would you say he's more maybe explosive, twitchy, or like a straight line speed runner, or, you know, a lot of guys do it with physicality because last week of Indiana, like, wasn't the quarterback, but after really two really good performances from their defense in the first two weeks, they got together in the second half of the first half against Louisville, they got gashed because they had not seen someone as quick as Jamari Thrash. Yeah. All year, he, they just could not keep up with him. So I feel like any guy is like at any position on offense who really has – I think this Indiana defense is pretty quality, but I'm not sure they have any guys with like elite speed. Any, any like as it would be for most defenses, any like like blazer like that's going to give them a big problem. Yeah, Irons is not. He's not really that. He's six four two fifteen. He's more of Goodness. a yeah. He, he's he's more of a uh, you know he's like a, a locomotive. He's sort of he can gain speed as he's going, but he's not really beating you to the edge. It's more just that he's hard to get on the ground. He's he's a lot it's a lot more of the, the long speed than it is the quickness. Um, they do have guys like that on this offense. They have, you know, Lorenzo Lingard is the number one running back here. Um, he's one of only two who has actually played for this team. Uh, former four-star, he was at, I think, Miami and Florida. He has been, he's been okay. I, I would like to see a little bit more from him than they've been able to show. I think, again, it kind of goes back to the offensive line. Um, but he has, you know, the athleticism that would come with being a former four-star recruit. And then Drake Anderson, I think maybe Indiana fans might remember who was at uh, Northwestern a couple of years I, ago. That that blew my mind when I heard he was a, I, yeah. he was a sophomore on Northwestern when I was a freshman there watching yeah. his first game at home. I've graduated. And this guy, I'm like, what is going on? Like, yeah. how is he still playing? He's still playing. Yeah, he was at Arizona last year. He's at, uh, he's at Akron now. He's been the more efficient of the two. Um, but again, they're just, they're kind of working with, you know, with, with what they've got, which is not a very good offensive line. That's not doing a very good job of protecting these guys or giving them space to work. Um, I do like a couple of these receivers as, as well. Josiah Gay things I think is pretty good. Alex Adams is an LSU transfer. I liked him quite a bit coming into the season. Daniel George has been playing well for them. Like I, I think they have a trio of skill guys there and they have a running back or two who I like. I like DJ Irons. It's just, I don't know that they can do, you know, enough to keep them supported. I don't know if they can keep the quarterback upright. I don't know if they can really lead the way up front. This offensive line was shaky last year and it's shaky again this year. It, it just hasn't, it just hasn't clicked in the way that you needed to for this offense to really work as intended. 
I mean, no, it makes total sense. Like any Indiana fan who watched the team in 2022 can tell, like, they have some skill position guys they like. They don't hate the running backs. You know, Shriver's good. The guys that have back Henderson, Lucas are fine. Uh, yeah. Cam is a good receiver when he's healthy, all that stuff. But, like, and that's one of the the kind of things that Indiana fans have enjoyed most in improvement so far, that the O-line this year, at least under Bob Bosad, looks a lot more competent. There's just yeah. not leaking holes anymore. It does help a lot that yeah. instead of the statue that was Connor Bazelak, they have a pretty mobile quarterback back there now to avoid sacks, but still just – Having like a terrible offensive line is just one of the. It, you, what is your solution, really? It's really, yeah. There's not much you can do. Yeah. Um, there's only yeah. so many screens you can call, and it, it, it's diminishing returns on those because you need to still be able to do other things. It's it's really hard to work around. So on like defense, what what would you say you've seen from Akron so far? Obviously, like I probably should have listed their game results earlier. Uh, I believe it was a 21-24 loss to Temple, 24-21 win over. Morgan State, I think I have that right. And then, yeah. like we said, 3-35 to 35 against Kentucky. But that was, again, that game, that's a game like, was a classic uh, week three game as we saw for so many of these uh, big name teams where it, the final score looks okay, but yeah. that, was, that was still a game very late into it. Yeah, I've been honestly pretty impressed with the defense given where it was. I, I think that the defense has been, I mean, you look at those scores, it's been pretty unquestionably the better unit of the two. Um, and it wasn't really all that good last year. It, it's not like they were building on a ton of, of stuff on that side of the ball. They lost some guys, but I think that the the new players they brought in have fit really well for what they want to do. Um, I don't know if this is updated all the way, but per uh, gameonpaper.com, they're ninth defensively in success rate. That's what they want to do, and that's that's really good. I mean, that's that's really really. The only strong. thing I would want, I would wonder about there is just how much is that helped by playing Temple, Kentucky, and Morgan State? Which are like, I, I yeah. don't think are particularly yeah. inspiring offenses. Yeah, T- Temple, I I think is improving on offense. Morgan State, I can't really speak to, and then Kentucky. I mean, Devin Leary is 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 a guy. We like Devin Leary, yeah. but um, yeah, it, it, it's a fair point. They are. I do think that it's it's at least roughly the quality that they're going to be facing generally in the MAC, um, and I, I think that this defense could be pretty good relative to who they're playing relative to to what they're trying to do this year and they really really need that to be the case as this offense tries to figure it out um they just it's it's nothing too complicated on that side of the ball they have you know guys roughly in the positions that you would expect them to be in if you've looked at a standard you know base defense in college football recently um they get to the quarterback pretty well but they don't need to do a ton of blitzing to do that. They just have a couple of really good defensive ends. CJ Nunnally is fantastic. He has been excellent for them this season. Um, I think that he is a guy who, uh, I think he's wearing number 91, who has just really burst onto the scene and, and played out of his mind. He he was He's brand new. He, he played last in 2021 at Jackson State, uh, was not really on anybody's radar coming in. He has been maybe their best defender. Um, and then you have like Bennett Adler, who has been really good as well. Opposite him, you have somebody like Joshua Jackson, who's been pretty good. Ryan Johnson, who's the other starter at defensive end. Like they've had some guys really step up in the pass rush without needing to, to you know, add bodies to the box to, to add rushers. And that has been a really huge help for their defense. I think that these edge rushers have been probably the, mo- the biggest positive so far for this defense. They're, they're able to do a lot more because of those guys. Yeah, and I, I think you mentioning there just how some of those pass rushers can get home a little bit. Mm-hmm. Indiana's offensive line has done a much better job protecting that. Again, like 
his self a lot by Taven Jackson. So really elusive guy in the pocket has really good awareness. Has stepped out of a lot of sacks against Louisville in the second half. But yeah. at, at tackle, they've been trying some stuff. They moved Khalil Benson to right tackle. It's the first time he's really played there at the college level for a lot. Carter Smith's a very young guy at left tackle. So I, I think like at least in pass protection, like you could get them there, even though they've held up pretty well so far. How yeah. like how's Akron done like defending? Because there was a big talking for Indiana was not being able to really run the ball down the interior. Like they had to resort to just so much straight. Like they they basically tried to come out and do a little more of the triple option stuff they did against Ohio State. Worked for like a few yeah. plays and then were just gave up on it because they can't get enough push on the inside of the line. If again, if you saw that fourth and goal play, they lost like four yards from the one and a half foot lines. And yeah. Just caved in so how, how does Akron like hold up in the trenches there um they've been pretty good against the run as well I think the the, the run has been the one that they've been able to handle as a unit better uh the, the past their secondary has some issues but they've been able to get home and and cover that up but the run they've got a, a pretty stout core in there they have those defensive ends and then they have guys like Shamond Cooper at linebacker who's been really good for them um you get somebody like Teray Jones who's a little bit more proven as a defensive tackle who I like quite a bit um, Corey Thomas Jr. at safety is able to step up and make a lot of plays and run support. Brian McCoy has, t- has stepped into a linebacker spot, and I think he's handled it pretty well. And then Kyle Thomas is the last defensive tackle who's really impressed me. I would like to see more of him, honestly. Um, he's working with the second team right now. I think he's been better than the starter, Lama Lavea. Um there are, there are guys here. There are things to like with this run defense. They are... They're a lot more stout than I thought they would be on, on this side of the ball, especially up front. I think that Joe Moorhead has done a really good job of adding bodies and adding athleticism that is better suited for the FBS level. Um, it sounds like a simple thing, but they just didn't really have that under you know the previous administration under Tom Arth. Uh, they needed that. They needed those bodies, and I think that they found guys who can do that job and, and do it well. Um, it is you know obviously a different game against a Power 5 team, and, and if Indiana has been having – trouble up the middle then I, I think that that can benefit Akron it's not like you know they're not <laughs> elite defensive tackles elite linebackers but they're competent and, and that's a that's a pretty big step forward for them yeah and I think that's just important to like to let people realize because obviously coming in the season it's Indiana football fans know what their team is like and they know that when they were just circling things on the schedule the only two like quote-unquote guaranteed wins they had were Indiana State and Akron and yeah. like Indiana State game was so assuredly, like I, it feels mean because it is. I don't want to be mean to a team, but like even for an FCS team, I remember that whole game. There was just nothing going on, just completely yeah. random over. Like it was like they weren't even there the whole time. I, I think it's important for people like who are interested interested in this game to know Akron's not going to be that. Like this is not a team that's yeah. like you can you can just like not even think twice about it, and the game's already over. Yeah, there is a, there's an edge to this team. They 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 can they can cut you if you are if you are not taking them seriously. I think would be the easiest way to say it. Um, this is not like, you know, you're not playing Toledo. You're not playing Eastern Michigan. This is not one of the top teams in the MAC. I think Miami of Ohio would deserve that credit as well. Um, this isn't that. These guys are still going to be struggling to get to a bowl game. I don't know that they're going to get there this year. They just lost to Kentucky 35 to three. They lost to Temple earlier in the season, right? Like they, they're still trying to learn how to win football games and it should be a win for Indiana. This is the kind of game, like you said, that you come into the season, you can circle and, and know that you should win this game. And I, I think they will, but um, Akron is not desolate. 
Akron is not without guys. It's not without talent. It's not without ways to hurt you. Um, there are weaknesses. The offensive line is a major weakness. The secondary has a lot of question marks in its ability to cover receivers. It's just, you know, something that they haven't done super well so far. They don't have a ton of proven quarterbacks. Um, but they have methods for making plays on both sides of the ball. I think that they're getting better uh, probably each week. That's generally how it goes with this sort of team. And so I, I think it is the kind of game that Indiana should win, should have the talent to win, and, and should be able to get into its base stuff pretty comfortably and, and execute it. Um, but it's not the sort of game that you should just overlook and get ready for for next week. You gotta, you still got to take these guys seriously. I will say that if Akron is able to cut them, as you say, because Indiana is playing – it's a night game for some, which I've, I'm not sure why it's a night game, but it is. Yeah. And Ohio then, State did that against Akron a couple of years ago as well. Very strange. I don't – stop making these guys do this. And then Indiana is also, for the first time at – I don't know Indiana uniform history well enough to know it off the top of my head, but definitely for – they do not do this often. They're wearing all black uniforms. They're trying to make it a blackout basically. Okay. It reminded yeah. me like – if they lost this game, it would be like the thing in the 90s where Ohio State where the Black Sox got killed by Penn State and said, okay, yeah. well, that's never happening again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, just, you can't be – you can't do that. You can't – it's uh, I, that's that's why you pick the 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 all-black game for Akron is that you're pretty comfortable you can win it. But, um, yeah, that's that's one that it's, it's hard to come back from wearing those again if you lose this sort of game. Although I will say that – I, I am getting a kick out of all the Purdue fans online saying it's they're mad that Indiana is quote stealing their colors for the game. Where I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. it's where I'm like some people need to go outside more. Like, yeah. You know, if you don't want Indiana to take your school colors, maybe you should pick some. You might want to look into picking school colors at some point. Black is not a school color. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> also, Purdue, I think you have uh, some bigger problems yourself about your football team. Let's yeah, it might be worth considering. One thing I think that I want, I'm interested to hear is like, so kind of mentioning, um, what is like the outline of how Akron could win this game? Like, what would have to happen, basically? What What kind of like plot of the game does the game have to follow i think that it is probably it probably comes down to indiana struggling early to run the ball against this this defensive front that very doable that, that, yeah that playing out um indiana getting into a, a more pass heavy situation early on in the game and then akron putting pressure on taven jackson and, and finding ways to create big plays for the defense be it sacks tackles for loss or turnovers they need havoc they need havoc rate they need ways to steal possessions because on a, on a down by down basis indiana is is better objectively um i think it starts with the akron defense i think it starts with finding some ways to make big plays and then offensively they just they gotta get the ball out of the backfield they really really need to get the ball out of the backfield quickly and i think that it's going to be really hard to do um, they've not been good at keeping DJ Irons protected. Uh, he's not had a ton of time to throw. They need to be, you know, it, it has to be schemed up that Alex Adams is getting the ball very quickly, that Daniel George is getting the ball very quickly, that Josiah Gay things is getting the ball very quickly. And they've done some of that, but there's only so much you can do. Like I said, you can only run screens so many times. Um, Lorenzo Lingard as well. Just you, you have to find ways to get these guys involved that – it doesn't require your quarterback standing upright for three seconds because they're not really going to have three seconds very often. I think it's breaking a couple of those quick passes for big plays. And I think it's finding ways to create havoc on defense and then make 
you know, make a young quarterback uncomfortable, make an offense uncomfortable, um, and stealing some possessions. I think it's probably low scoring if if Akron's going to do it, like a 24, you know, 20 kind of game, 25, 27, 20, that sort of thing. Um, But I I don't think that it's like, you know, it's not just playing upright and playing straight up and winning the game just on matchups. Akron's not going to do that. It's, It's finding ways to create disadvantages for Indiana. Yeah, and I, it just feels so hard to think of their offense. Like, if they're having trouble keeping Irons protected, that that's yeah. going to happen. Mainly because, again, if this is last year's Indiana team, they probably have a better chance, but they really did do a good job kind of revamping the front yeah. seven the defense. That, that, again, like what it's going back to is that they are a lot bigger on, on IU's defense line. Like, Andre Carter, the Western Michigan transfer, just been absolute monster. Like, everything yeah. that they thought he could be, just like no one can keep – there's like a million sounds going on in the background at my apartment, but <laughs> yeah. um, like uh, he's been everything they thought he could be. And then Aaron Casey, you know, after finally getting some play last year, is like looked all Big Ten level. Like no one can really stop him at all. And yeah. that again, that's I think if you're going to beat this Indiana defense, like the advantage would be like like we saw Jamari Thrash getting to the outside, having these like dynamic playmakers because they're not a very fast defense. They're very heavy. Yeah. They decided they'd not want to get run over anymore, so they really bulked up. Yeah. But they are not exactly like a twitchy unit. Like obviously the defense backs there are a few guys there, but really is a defense that you need to beat with speed. But if you just like try and if you try and run straight up against them or do yeah. not have dynamic playmakers, they're I mean like Ohio State didn't mow them over that much. Yeah, like that yeah. tells you how they got a lot bigger up front. Yeah, yeah. Akron does not have the pieces to do that either. Like I, I don't think many teams will against the way that Indiana is built. It is very much. You have to get the ball to somebody like Alex Adams, you know, former four-star guy who has that speed, who can maybe make a play or two. You have to get the ball in space to Lorenzo Lingard. You have to find a way to uh, basically avoid playing on the line. You just need to take the line out of the game entirely because that's not a matchup. That's, that's not ideal. Not ideal. Yeah. What if what if we could get rid of line play from football? Maybe yeah, that's that's basically the problem that Joe Moorhead has to try and solve for this season. Is how do I best eliminate my offensive line from a consideration? You know. That's a tough time. That's a tough problem to solve. Have them all show up sick and ask the ref, like, I don't know (laughs) what you want me to do here. We just do do seven on seven today. Would that be all right? (laughs) Yeah. I don't think Tom Allen would agree to that. I don't think he'd be okay with that one. So I'm guessing, like, I mean, I can ask you for a prediction here. Like, I'm guessing, like, we both kind of say, like, we think Akron is not going to get absolutely killed in this game, but we're pretty confident Indiana has this one. Yeah. I think it's like 28 10. I, I, I think Indiana wins. I don't think that it feels. Great. Like I said, it's not really fun to play Akron. It's not like, oh, you just uh, no, no, it's not like, oh, wow, we got to got our, we got to get our backups in the game. Oh, you know, we had, we had uh, got so many snaps for so many guys. Like, no, it's probably going to be pretty close going into the third and fourth quarter. And then the talent of the depth of at Indiana will take over and they'll pull away. But uh, yeah, I think like 28, 10, 28, 13, something like that. It's it's something that, you know, Indiana fans, I think, would be probably upset about after the game because of what Akron is. But I really – it's I, not I that big like, of a deal. Just I win the like, game. I feel like – because I was – like I've told you before, I was raised an Ohio State fan too, having like Ohio 
and apparently graduated from Ohio State. And yeah, I think that's like having watched a lot of Ohio State grow up. That's that that part of ourselves talking where we're so used to seeing Ohio State teams like and fans be upset after good like multi score wins. Like I think yeah. Indiana fans are just a W is a W. Fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, I think yeah. it's more normal schools. They're they're like yeah. uh, you know what like it's. It's like the NFL. Like as long as I move on to the next week, and like my record did not get yeah. worse. This was a big, it's yeah. a great week. Yeah, Indiana just wants to contend for the AFC North wild card spot. That's all they're that's all they're interested in. They might yeah. have a better shot at it than those other three teams. They're, they're, that's fine. There's no yeah. way. In, I would be upset if Indiana and Akron is as poorly played as Steelers Browns was last night. I don't know. You can guess yeah. who did it, but if you heard about it, it was. Uh, I would also be upset about that. I'm a Browns fan. I would be very upset about that. <laughs> I would try to avoid up, that if I could. Every like update, like so I was like half watching, half in and out working and stuff like that, but kept like turning it on at certain points. Every like message I got from a Steelers or Browns person like read like a natural catastrophe had occurred. Pretty like, much. Yeah. A pretty much. Had opened up in the earth. Yeah, it was unpleasant, I would say. It was a very unpleasant experience to watch that football game. Um, I, I don't wish that on Indiana or Akron fans. I hope that this is not an unpleasant football game. <laughs> Honestly, like that should just be the motto going forward for every every Indiana football game. I hope this is yeah. not unpleasant. Just keep it pleasant. It doesn't need it doesn't, it doesn't win or lose, just keep it pleasant. It doesn't need to be nasty. Nothing oh, well, untoward. Honestly, at this point, like I we were talking about this on our last episode, like I still don't know if this Indiana team is amazing, but the way the rest of the Big Ten looks, like I it feels more and more possible that they could accidentally win more games than more people think they do just because, like, there's not that many good teams in this conference. Yeah, they, they have a couple of the things that you really need to have if you want to try and, you know, win a couple of Big Ten games, which is that they have good pass rushers and they have a quarterback who can make plays. And there are a lot of teams in this conference who don't have either of those things. There are a lot of teams that are just kind of sitting there. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, somebody has to win those games. You know, somebody has to beat Rutgers or somebody has to win the, the, you know, Indiana Rutgers. Somebody has to beat Michigan state. Um, there are teams in this league who can be gotten just by having a couple of guys. Cause they don't have any. Have, yeah. So <laughs> no, that's pretty much exactly what I probably said too. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that's all we got now for here on Akron. Uh, Patrick, do you want to let people know where they can find you, where they can find all your work, all that kind of stuff? Sure. Yeah, I'm I'm at, I'm on uh, Twitter at Patrick underscore Mayhorn. I'm also you can find my stuff at uh, www.theagship.com for Utah State stuff, and uh, meet at midfield.com for everything else that I uh, me and my me and my buddy Ryan did that. We got the message board. We've got the premium posts. We've got the podcast over at Flipping the Field where we talk about all the college football. Um, I think that's about it. I, I've got uh, <laughs> we've got a lot of balls in the air. I'm juggling a lot of things right now, but uh, I think that's all. I think that's all I'm doing. Yeah, and I cannot endorse uh, Flippy the Field enough. Uh, one of my favorite college football podcasts, always a must-listen after each and every weekend during the week leading Thank up to you. the games. Um, very was- different than this, I would say. <laughs> Extremely different. Don't go into it thinking it's going to be like this. It's very different. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, if any, if you want like accuracy and like, if any of you really care about like knowing a lot of college football, Patrick and Ryan told me that Alabama was going to be like this well before yep. it happened. So yep. like that's, if you don't want to be surprised, but instead just enjoy it <laughs> in retrospect, yeah. you can do that. Ne- never wrong, just early. That's, that's our sort of, that's our motto. We're not wrong. We're just going to get there early. Uh, it, and we've been, and it, we've if, been if on it. 
if you are on, who cares? Shut up. Yeah, <laughs> not my problem. Yeah, I, we just issue a redaction. That's not <laughs> not an issue well, anymore. Who cares? Shut up. Feels like what you guys said as NC State progressively got worse last year. Yeah, yeah, that one's off our hands. Not my problem anymore. <laughs> that's for that's for NC State to deal with. We uh, we 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 dole out and retract our love very quickly on that show, but it's a good time. Uh, and uh, yeah, sometimes we're right, and other times we're early, and eventually we'll be right. Just if you give it enough time, and you know they keep playing football someday NC state's going to be good and we're going to take credit for it. Sure. Keep telling yep. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, uh, Patrick, for joining me on the show today. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Hoosier Roundtable podcast. Uh, thankfully we finally, you can listen to this on Spotify. Now uh, we were having some trouble with that earlier, but it'll be up there now too. And if you want to watch it here in video format, we'll be up on our website, hoosiersnow.com where you can read all of my work about covering Indiana football, men's basketball, women's basketball. Same thing for Jack Ankeny, my usual co-host for the show. And yeah, thank you all for listening.